All right, well, I have 10.30, so I want to start because I want to give us plenty of time for any questions at the end because I think this is a good time for us to learn from one another as well. My team is here to also help with some of those questions. Uh, my name is Katherine Carson. I'm the Director of Marketing and Communications at the convention. Um, I've been with the convention now for um, about 16 years. Did not start as the Director of Marketing and Communications. Started in graphic designing, so I have a background in design, and we're going to talk. We're going to touch on that just a little bit today. Um, but I just want to start by saying thank you for being here. Um, the fact that you're sitting here, the fact that you're all looking at me with question marks on your faces, um, <laughs> tells me you're at least willing to talk about how you can better use church marketing and communications for the mission. And some of you may have a lot of questions. That's why you have the little note card. If we don't have a chance to answer your question, if you would jot your question down, we're going to take those up at the end. Um, we would like to take those questions back so that we can start to think about how we can help with anything that we're just not aware of. So truly, as I'm talking um, or we're talking, jot any questions down that you have um, and we'll take those up at the end. Also, please put your email address on that card. I would like to be able to email you the toolkit that I'm going to be sharing so you can click on actual links that will take you to some free resources. So email address and then any questions that you have. Okay. All right, well let's just jump right in. We've got a lot to cover in a short period of time. We're going to go kind of rapidly through several big picture things. Um, in, a, in a session like this, I'm always really aware of we are all in different places in this, right? So with marketing and communications, especially in church, sometimes um, we maybe are just starting out in that journey or maybe we have been in it for several years. Maybe we're professionals in it. I don't know what the makeup of the room is like. So I thought we would do kind of a cool little thing. Um, so you're gonna need your telephone to start. We're gonna do a poll. <laughs> you're gonna be able to see in real time if you would like to participate, it's not mandatory. But if you would like to see in real time, the instructions will be on the screen. The, the instructions for, um, well, I can explain if I, okay. He'll go back to the slide. So the first thing you're gonna need to do, all right, so you're gonna need to text the word Juicy Juice 822 to the number 22333. So that means, in the to field, so new message to 22333 in the to field, enter in the body of your text message the name Juicy Juice 822. That is not my screen name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then once you get in, you will get a confirmation that says you're in Katherine Carson's poll, something like that. I'll give you a minute to, to do that. We're doing a polling, so if you want to join us. Is everybody there? Nope. Okay, who needs help? Somebody come help these guys out if you don't mind. Uh, Liz, can you come help him? All right. Anybody else need help getting in? Did you guys get the confirmation that you were in the room? Catherine Carson's great. I'll give you just a few more minutes before we go on to the, the questions. Uh, 
Yeah, it's easy to do it backwards. So in the two field is the number, yeah. two, 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 three, three, three. Hit enter or return. And then in the body of your text message is where you put the word juicy juice eight two two. That gets you into the space. All right. Well, let's jump right into these questions. First question will come up on the screen. Eight two two all together. Will you help him? Um, Chad, can you come help him? Or, or Daniel? Yeah. Thank you. Okay, why are you here today is our first question. I am here to, you're going to either text one, two, three, or four. Get a list of tools and resources to expand our church's marketing and communications. Learn something new that I didn't know about church marketing and communications. Learn how to take the first step in building our church marketing and communications or learn how to skin a deer. So answer and we'll see those in real time. All right, so we have 43% of you looking for a list of tools and resources, so some practical application it looks like. That's awesome. Something new you didn't already know. I hope that you will learn something new, even one thing. <laughs> um, taking the first step, so that's great, 20%. And those of you who want to learn how to skin a deer, I'll be teaching a class after this, so please stay tuned. All right, let's go on to the next question. And if you can jump in and join us, you'll be able to join in the next question. So at my church, what is your role in marketing and communications? A, I oversee it. B, I help. C, I serve as pastor and also oversee marketing and communications. I serve in another role but have duties. Or I'm just interested in learning. A lot of pastors, dual roles. Good. Right, 45% of you serve as pastor and also oversee marketing and communications. That's a lot to be responsible for. Are we ready for the next question? All right, let's go on to the next question. Does your church have an active social media presence? Keyword active. Keyword active. <laughs> so what is active? You're posting two or three times a week. We'll just say that we'll consider that to be active for this particular exercise. <laughs> okay. Okay, awesome, guys. Really good. That's great. That's encouraging. Good job. Awesome. All right, our next question is going to be a little bit trickier. It's going to be a word cloud. All right. So some of you are like, what's well, a word cloud? <laughs> You're fixing to find out. Um, one word that describes what you would consider to be the, the main communication tool that you use in your church that's most effective. And I'll give you some examples. It could be the pulpit. <laughs> it could be the bulletin. It could be social media. It could be mass email. It could be your website. So one word. Now, if there are two words, just leave no space. Make it one word. 
run it together, a run on. Text messaging, newsletters, Facebook, e-community, that's interesting, good. So Facebook being the biggest one so far seems to be a common, an email. Website, the telephone, Facebook, Facebook group, social media. Yeah, word of mouth, one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, that's real. That's part of it, right? Announcements. Good job, guys. So that was just a fun way for us to kind of know we are all in different places in church marketing and communications. Um, all of the things that you see in that word cloud are certainly all part of the equation. And I would just start by saying, before we jump into any nuts and bolts for this training, marketing and communications, there is no quick fix solution, <laughs> okay? So if you're thinking, well, if we just have a website or we just have a social media presence, we're gonna have more people come and we're gonna get the numbers and there is no quick fix solution. I would say the one thing that is true is it's constantly changing. So there's constantly new things um, coming, uh, new tools, new tactics. Um, it certainly requires a lot of work. My team can attest to that. Um, you know, it's, it's the marathon mentality, not the sprint. So hang in there. If you're like in the journey, you're in step one and you're going, we, we don't know what else to do. We do everything we know to do. Hang in there, keep going. I hope you'll gain some tools today that will help with that, but don't give up. Keep working at it. Um, the goal for today is simply to give you some tools that you can take back with you and start to use even today. So I mentioned to you, I'll email you some things you can click on. Um, there'll be some free resources and things that we use at the convention, and I think that you'll find them really helpful. I did bring my team, but I brought two guys specifically who specialize in some areas to help me train this morning, and they'll be coming in just a moment, but I want to kind of give us a rundown of what you can expect during our hour together. Will um, Taylor is coming as our communication strategist. He's going to overview why should we be using marketing and communications. He has a really good sense of what God's Word says about communications, which is always nice to see that, so he's going to share that. He's going to talk a little bit about volunteerism, collaboration, social media, and mass email. And then Whitney Golding, who's been uh, with the convention for about 10 years total, um, serves as our creative manager. So she deals with all things graphic design, uh, management of anything visual. So anything you see here today, um, she was the one who managed all of that. She's going to talk a little bit about branding and then the importance of visual, visual clarity. So why is it important that we're all wearing on mission together? What, what is that significant of? So visual clarity and design, okay? And then I'm gonna come back at the end, and like I say, I'll have a toolkit of things I'm gonna share with you really quickly, and then I'll email you that as well. And finally, if we have time, and I'll keep an eye on my um, watch, I want us to have a time for Q&A. And that's where, if you as a comms person, <laughs> Um, have advice to share, speak up, because I think it's also helpful for others to hear what you're doing in your church. Um, 
we serve at, at the state convention level, so we're not the ones necessarily doing what you do, and so I want to make sure we have time to dialogue. Sound good? All right, so we're going to start with Will. Well, I'm really grateful to be here. Um, as you guys can probably attest to, communications can be really complicated. There's a lot of components, a lot of moving parts, things that change. Um, just from year to year is what we see in trends across the world. How, how I've communicated just in my life has drastically changed. I mean, when, just think about, I'm sort of pre-cell phone in, in, in my demographic. But um, everybody's sort of just along for this road, and you know, just in different places in terms of where you are. And the, the other thing is, as, as I look across this room and the churches across North Carolina, I see a lot of, of diversity in different contexts that would need different, uh, different communication tactics depending on your people and what their preferences are. So there's a lot of moving parts. So that's the reason I say that is that. Uh, I, I approach this with a great deal of humility, knowing that um, I'm not certainly going to have all the answers for you today. Our team isn't, but what we can do is we can sort of inch forward to try to figure out better ways to do it tomorrow, to where we can have a greater impact uh, for the kingdom through what God has placed in front of us. So um, as, as, as I sort of jump into this thing, I, I want to start off by thinking that, or by stating that the first question that we need to ask is not a what or a how to communicate, but a who should we invite to the table into this discussion um, as, as we're building sort of a team of communication and collaborate together in your church. So um, God has gifted his church through people, and and those people that, that, that come, your members, they're gifted in a multitude of ways. And so we want to make sure that people are invited into into the discussion and say, hey, if you're gifted in videography, if you're gifted in graphic design, maybe you have a gifting in writing. Hey, we want to make sure that those people have a place, have an invitation to say, hey, come and serve. And to be able to set expectations for those volunteers and have a plan and processes in, in place, I think that's really, really valuable. So so again, who is who is who is the Lord put in front of you um, in your context to say, um, to, 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 to help serve, not just you to where you're not overwhelmed, but to but, but confuse those gifts to serve the, the larger body. So if you have your, if you have your Bibles, um, if you wouldn't mind turning to Psalms, uh, Psalms 19. Um, I love this psalm for a whole bunch of reasons, but I think it puts on display two ways that God communicates himself and to us. So this first part, I've, I've highlighted these things in white that, um, that I think are important. So um, I'll tell you what, would someone read, Andrew, would you read that? Yeah, I got it. Uh, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they communicate knowledge. There is no speech. There are no words. Their voice is not heard. Their message has gone out to the whole earth. And their words to the ends of the world. Thanks, man. Stop right there. So, right here, you see really that God has communicated Himself through the heavens. Um, you see the words that I've, we, we have highlighted in white, declare, proclaim, proclaim, speech, communicate. All these things are communication words. And what it tells me is that creation has this language of beauty and aesthetic form 
and that that's important for us to recognize because that's the nature of God and his key attributes are communicated in that way. I love to go backpacking. I love going to the beach. I love just experiencing that thing and just soaking in, in, in God's beauty that he's sort of put on display for us. Come on, go to the next slide, though. This is the other part of the psalm. Uh, someone else mind reading that? Go ahead. The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. All right. So uh, people who have been in the seminary might call this uh, specific revelation, right? So this is God's word, his instruction, ordinances, precepts, commands, things that are sort of verbalized through the written word. And that's another big part of how God has communicated himself, right? In the church specifically, this predominantly would be expressed through the pulpit. But there's also different ways that God has fashioned today's communication to say the word of the Lord, instruction and, and encouragement and celebration can be delivered in not just through the pulpit, but through different means. And so that's this is thinking of, of communication in the editorial sense, in the written word. And what I want to show here is that God has gifted people usually to lean in one or the other directions, right? Either, either you're more of an artistic person uh, that appreciates aesthetic and beauty and you like design and things like that. Or maybe you're leaning more into the instruction, maybe the word and editorial, like you like to speak and, 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 and that's your gift. As you can tell, I'm, I'm not, I'm probably not gifted in any of <laughs> <laughs> you probably see. But um, I, I think it's important for us to sort of ground ourselves in the reality that God is, has, has given himself both in those two different ways of communication. And so um, I'm going to cover a lot of ground today. I'm going to talk about um, uh, social media and mass email uh, and just really skim the surface of these things. I want us, I want us to, to recognize that part of my role here at the convention is to serve the churches in building communication uh, that you guys can use. So um, I actually hosted a, a training in the last week or so online, and more and more of those things will be made available where you can come and, and we can kind of dive deeper into these things, I hope. And what some of the feedback that I've gotten from that last training is that, hey, this is, and some of you are in the room that were at that online training, so I realize this is some of the same material. But I think that I, um, most of you guys want something, some, some specific teaching on some specific, or training on some specific things that I'm gonna talk about. And I just wanna say that that's coming. And we're, we're listening to you guys and saying, we wanna serve you in the ways that are meaningful and helpful to you. So it's, let's talk about, um, Social media a little bit, you know, social media is something that's really shaped our world, and uh, it's important, it's an important tool for the mission because a lot of people are on it, all right? There's billions of people literally around the world that, are, that, are, that utilize social media daily, and so it's important for our churches to know how to um, uh, voice themselves through that medium, and so I want to give us just a couple of categories broadly on how I like to think about social media and what I think is really helpful. Uh, first of all, in content, 
some easy ways to sort of think about it is is one to either, as biblically speaking, I think it's a great tool to to, as, uh, to encourage the saints. And so, um, specifically, uh, we want to uh, uh, think about that um, specific examples in your congregation to say, "Hey, great job doing this. We we appreciate you. We're on mission together." Um, and so, just encourage the saints along. Also, we want to celebrate those things that that God has already done in our midst. So, celebrating um, <coughs> stories and milestones. So. If, if your church has a baptism, graduation, mission trip, if it's on VBS, or if you've just gotten through with VBS or you're doing it, taking the time to celebrate those things that are happening on social media is key. And so that means pictures, it means videos, it means mentioning people specifically. As specific as you can be, the better. Um, and so an, another key with social media is what we call the 80-20 rule. 80% um, of the time, you want to give your audience and your members and your people something that is sort of free of charge, meaning you're not asking them to do anything as response. A lot of times we turn to social media in a moment of, um, in, of urgency uh, because we need something from people. And we say, hey, can you do this? Can you come to our event? Can you come to our mission trip? Can we? All these things, a laundry list of things we're asking them to do. And the scary thing is Facebook is smart enough to know that you're doing that. And they slowly silence you because you're not getting the engagement that they want to see. So you're, you're clogging up people's feeds and they say, you know what? Maybe this church, you're asking a lot. You're not really adding any value. You're asking people to do stuff, so we're going to mute you. And that's nothing personal. That's just Facebook doing their thing as a social media platform. So the, the way that we sort of work around that is that we offer things, engaging material and engaging content for your members regularly at an 80% uh, percentage rather than having those two things fly like that. So does that sort of make sense? Kind of, kind of nod your head. You're like, all right, I'm tracking this. That's good. Um, again, there is like so much to talk about social media, but uh, again, like in addition to the 80-20 rule, we want to make sure that your frequency is appropriate. I'm a big volume guy. I don't really know that you can speak too much in social media. I think you probably do it multiple times per hour, honestly. But what hurts you is when you don't speak enough. Um, when, when people forget that, that you're there, that's, that, that's when things tend to sort of trail off and you're not as effective in social media. So frequency, at least on a weekly basis, if not a daily basis, is very, very important. Again, I'm just scratching the surface. I could go into different categories of how to post, when to post, different calendar <coughs> tools and things like that. I think all that stuff is really valuable and it could be forthcoming, but we don't have an hour today, so we're going to move on. All right. Mass email. Raise your hand if you use it. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Majority of you guys use it, so it's good. Um, people use MailChimp. Raise your hand if you use that. Like constant contact, all those uh, campaigner, all kinds of tools of mass email are all over the place and platforms, but they basically do the same thing. It decides to send an email to a bunch of people. And at the convention, we use them all the time, and we find that they're greatly, greatly uh, beneficial for a couple of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, you can track to see who opens your email specifically and what rate that they're opening them. Because, hey, you send this thing out there through your personal email, you never know who's opening it, who's deleting it, whatever. With this, you can say, with mass emails, you can say, oh, I have 70% of my members actually opening this thing. And so I know that it's getting across. And to me, that's, that's 
hugely important because you can kind of measure things over time and say, hey, am I actually communicating in a way that's compelling and actually um, instructive or compelling my people to sort of move, move? And also, am I creating pathways for them to be decisive? And in today's world, especially COVID world, where people are much more interfaced with their phones than in person, it's going to only continue to be more and more important. So, so some other things that uh, mass email is, is, is very important for, when you do make an ask of people, and you should, is mass email for event signups, admission trips, dinners, classes, serving opportunities, hey, you need people in the nursery, mass emails your, should be your go-to. The other thing mass email can do very powerfully is segment people, your members, according to their interests and passions. Mm -hmm. So say you have a, a contact card for, for, for new members or any kind of an of a, of a onboarding process for, for your members, you say, hey, if they click nursery, then maybe you have a specific email that's sent just to that quote-unquote segment of people in your mass email system that says, hey, this is targeted to you because you've identified a passion and, and a gifting, so I'm going to talk to you specifically. So it just takes a little bit more work, but it pays dividends in the long term because you're not having people unsubscribe because they're, they're getting information that's not relevant to them. And so we want to make sure that we're specific in that mass email. And again, that's sort of down the line. I don't expect a, everybody just to jump on that bandwagon, but it's, it's just important to sort of something to kind of put in your, on your uh, radar. Another thing about mass email is brevity. We are bombarded day in and day out with so much information, and I, attention span is under a minute for most people when they're reading email, right? Like, if you read something for a minute, it means you're really engaged with it. Um, I subscribe to a couple of newsletters, and I'm telling you, man, I probably got, I think I got a minute max. What that means is it's like 125 words max. And another rule that I use is like finger. Like if email text is bigger than my finger, it's too much. Yeah, no, nobody's going to read it. Sometimes, you know, like Paul contextualized his letters to his audience, and Paul said, greetings in the name of my Lord, Savior Jesus Christ, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Don't do that. We, don't live, we do not live in the first century, and we don't communicate that way. So be, be precise, be brief. Um, and, and so, so yeah. um, guys, again, there's, there's a lot to talk about social media. There's a lot to talk about mass email. There's a lot to talk about the gifting that each of, each of your members have that can help in this world because uh, we're going to need all the help that we can get. Um, and so we're here for you, um, and we want to make, uh, make, make your communication great. And so um, any way that we can serve you, um, we, we want to be there. When you receive this follow-up email from today, know that you can respond to that thing directly. Um, our, our contact information is all over the place. Reach out, call us, talk to us after this breakout session. We'd love to talk to you about more specific ways that we can serve you. So um, I'm going to introduce Whitney here. She's got the next section on branding. Uh, she's much better at it communicating than I ever could be. So <laughs> please. Hi guys, I'm Whitney Goulding. I'm the creative manager at the Baptist State Convention and like Catherine, I started in graphic design so that's my background. I've worked in all kinds of roles in design and um, 
branding, I think, is one of those key things that kind of undergirds everything that, that Will just talked about. You know, social media, email, if, if your branding's not strong and done well on all of those platforms, then those things aren't gonna work well. So what is branding? Branding is the unique way that your church or your company sets themselves apart quickly. You see our shirts, we're on mission together, very quickly you can identify that we are all from the Baptist State Convention or a volunteer without any other information. You quickly know who we are. This is part of our branding. It's part of the event branding. Um, but branding is not just a logo or a text treatment. Your branding includes all kinds of things. Of course, a logo, but also your color schemes, your fonts, how people feel when they look at your logo. Um, it's everything that relates back to your church. Um, and it's important that your church has a brand that connects with both your congregation and your community because your branding is gonna be seen in each of those contexts. When people feel positive about your church and its personality, they are more likely to visit. And consistency in branding is key. We can't have your logo in red over here and then we use it in blue over here. Um, in my church in Raleigh, uh, we have, we're kind of positioned right between a couple of colleges, and so we have visitors all the time. And so my favorite question to ask is, how did you find us? Almost every single time, they say they found us through Google. And that tells me a couple of things about what they've already experienced about our church. So they've already either seen our website <coughs> to find our address and to find how to get here, or they've seen our Facebook page. And that also tells me that our branding on those two platforms better be consistent with also what they're seeing when they arrive. Because if what we communicate through our digital platforms isn't the same as what is in person, it's gonna cause some confusion with those, vis with those visitors. And then graphic design, as separate from branding, is how we communicate visually. And visual clarity with design is key. Um, and what is good, effective design? Good graphic design increases readability. Is my design easy to read? Am I communicating clearly and quickly, visually? It is in human nature, and mine too, even though I've been doing this for years, it's easy to want to over-communicate. Mm. You know, on our, our little shareable graphic for Facebook, it's human nature to want to put the date and the title and the directions and how to park and also the logo and the event <laughs> branding and because we want our people to have all of this information right and so it, it's just kind of natural to want to put all of that there but that's not communicating clearly when we put kind of 10 things in one graphic or poster or, or slide and in the sanctuary then we've kind of lost our audience because their eye can't land on any one thing so we've got to pick our top one or two things in design and say, all right, this is the most important thing that I want you to know. Maybe it's the event artwork and your date. And that's what I kind of want to hit home on my shareable graphic. And then what we do most of the time at the convention is, is give them something to do in that then. And almost always we use a URL at the bottom. So then we can point them to our website and put all of that great information that we want them to know. 
Um, in web design, we have a really awesome, where's Lai in the back? Lai is our webmaster, and he does training for web design. Um, again, like I said, your web design kind of needs to be reflective of, here, I see someone turn around. Wave your hand one more time. See people looking at you. Um, he kind of assists with web design, but you know that your web design has to be, are your pictures current? Um, is your logo and branding clearly displayed? Um, is it easy to navigate? Um, same thing with social media. Are all those things consistent with what's on your website? Um, and the great thing about those things is Canva. And I can't overstate the use of Canva, Canva because I love it. And it, you can get a free Canva account through your church. It's a free nonprofit account, but still the full account. Um, and Canva helps you create all kinds of graphics for free. And Canva has really awesome templates that are already good design. And so you don't have to do a whole lot of thinking. You don't have to have a lot of experience in graphic design to use Canva. And in Canva, you can do things like shareable graphics, um, posters, newsletters, bulletins, all kinds of things. And when we send out this toolkit at the end, we'll send you a link, a link to Canva. Um, but if, if you are finding that you don't have the resources in your church, if you don't have volunteers that, that are great with graphic design, then no problem. Then Canva is probably a good, a good tool for you. So beyond kind of the, that digital space, everything in your church communicates something. Walk through your church as a visitor and see what is my church communicating. We have a really awesome resource that Cheryl Marklin here has put together, and we'll send this out in the toolkit as well, um, to help guide you through that type of walk. Now, you don't have to have that resource to do that. You could do that um, this week in your own church and kind of look through the eyes of a visitor. Is it clearly communicated where I find the sanctuary or where I find the children's ministry, ministry to drop off my child? Um, are those things clearly displayed? Is signage easy to find? Um, is my logo displayed? just like it is on my website and social media. Um, it's really important to, to kind of every now and then take that walk through as, as a visitor and see how someone else is kind of viewing your church. Now, I know that that was kind of a 10,000 foot view of branding and design. And so those cards, if you have a more specific question about branding and design, we would love um, to either answer those or take those back and kind of, kind of look into after. Thank you guys. Really good stuff, right? <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna touch on a few things that you've already heard. Um, I'll kind of rapidly go through a toolkit for you um, and then we'll take some time for Q&A. The first thing that I wanna share with you and the t my team uses this extensively and I can't overstress. Will mentioned some of us are right brain, some of us are left brain, but honestly at the end of the day, several of you in here identified yourself as pastors who are kind of juggling everything, right? So I can't overstress that you need some sort of a system, foundational management tool that will kind of help you think long term. And oftentimes we get into a rut where we're kind of reactionary with marketing and communications where I need to get this thing out, whatever it might be, next week or you know, two weeks from now. So you need to try to take some time to come up with a tool that works for you. We use Google Drive extensively. Now Google Drive is, is free, it's part of a Google account, um, but it comes with all kinds of tools. Um, it allows for a lot of collaboration, so if you do have volunteers or folks who can help you with your communications, 
it allows you to bring them into a calendar, tag them, things like that. So again, Google Drive, we can't over recommend that enough. It's free, it's easy to use, but there are other project management systems and tools available that all kinds of people use Slack. Um, you probably have some you could name and we'll do that in a moment, but I just want to make you aware of Google Drive. Uh, try it if you don't already use Google Drive. Second, uh, Whitney touched on website development and design just a little bit. Um, WordPress is something that we use uh, to run our website. A lot of churches are using WordPress now. Lied, who you just waved at, does do training in WordPress. So if your church is in need of a website and it is free to host, uh, there's maybe a minimal hosting fee you can get. Yeah. Um, but Lie does host those trainings, and so we'll make sure you have a link to see when those trainings are available for you or for your church. And he can also host, if you have a group of churches in your area that want to get together for a training, we can also host that as well. Um, but yeah, you'll find out more at ncbaptist.org slash website. All right. Will touched on this a little bit when he talked about mass email. He said something like, send out registrations for your meals or your events or maybe even surveys. You're probably thinking to yourself, well, how do you do that in email? The way that you can do that is through a survey form system that's called, we use WooFoo. There's a lot of them, but we use WooFoo. So WooFoo.com will allow you to set up a fillable form where you ask questions and they answer, they hit enter, and then you get the results. So it's basically digitizing for you, you know, that piece of paper that you have everybody sign up, it's digitizing that for you. So it's putting it in the email inbox directly on their phone, they can fill it out, you get the results, and it also helps you see everything in one place. So Wufu, there's a lot of other form systems out there, but we, we find that Wufu works really well for us. There are five, yes, there's a, you can get five forms for free, and I believe it includes a hundred entries for free. But I think after that, it, there's a minimal payment. So yeah, I'll send you the link to that as well. Google, I just mentioned Google Drive. Google does also have a form component called Google Forms that comes with Google Drive, and that is free as well. Um, there's a little bit more I think you get with WooFu. There's some you know, subtle differences, but Google Forms is also part of the Google Drive. All right, let's see. Graphic design, you mentioned Canva. We can't overstress Canva enough. There's an app for your phone. <laughs> so again, for those of you who have lots of um, roles that you hold, you're trying to make things easier for you, put it on your phone, and literally it's just like plug and play. So awesome templates. I mean, it, they make you look like you're a professional designer at the end of the day. So we use them at the convention often when we're in a pinch. Um, but look, canva.com, it's free. There's lots of source, sources for social media graphics. I mean, everything. You could probably even do your bulletin on Canva, honestly, because um, you can output print quality from Canva. All right. Let's see. Social media, we've touched on social media. You might think, it's just too much work for me to do social media. Well, there's a tool for that as well that we use. We use Hootsuite, and what Hootsuite does is it manages for you, so you can schedule out months in advance if that's what you want to do. Um, and you can push one post to all three platforms. So if you have a Facebook, a Twitter, an Instagram, you only schedule one time, it goes to all three places. Um, Hootsuite does have a 30-day free trial, but after that, I think it's like $50 a month, 
so it's a little bit more pricey. You'd have to be prepared for that commitment, um, but it definitely takes a lot of work off of an individual to have to always constantly do social media. Okay, so we use Hootsuite quite a bit. All right, um, next, do you have another slide or is that it? Okay, um, stock photographs. So, you know, you probably like on your website, through some of your design items, you're probably always searching for photographs of crosses or Bibles or um, really nice landscapes or even, you know, Bible studies or whatever. Unsplash.com is a free photograph website with really nice high quality images. We use it a lot at the convention. Visit Unsplash, immediately you're going to see the quality of photographs that you can use for your designs. Um, Lightstock, that's a Christian based stock photography place. We use Lightstock. Lightstock does cost, I think it's like a dollar a credit or something like that. Um, so if you can't find what you need on Unsplash, you just need something really specific for our demographic, uh, uh, you might find it on Lightstock. Okay? <coughs> um, Whitney mentioned your church space. And, you know, I think one of the things I'm constantly thinking about is when I walk into a space, everything is communicating something immediately to me. Um, Cheryl Markland, if you know her, she oversees our childhood ministries. She's developed a couple of really good resources. Again, I'll send you these to download. But the first one is sort of a uh, walkthrough first impressions guide for how you can use even interactive surveys um, to assess and determine the effectiveness of your first impressions. So it, it kind of outlines for you what to look for, for uh, in your church space when someone walks through. It's a really good resource. She's also developed something more recently for uh, specific to children's ministry for post-COVID-19. One of the things we continue to hear from pastors is people are not coming back in person. What do, you know, what can we do? Well, this is a tool that will allow you to make sure your space is conducive for safety. Things that people might be looking for. Um, and she's outlined for you very specifically what you should be looking for in your children's space. There may be some things that you need to change, but I think it's a really good resource for post-COVID-19. Okay. Um, and then finally, we are here for you. Uh, Will mentioned that already, but we're here to serve you. And so you've heard a lot today. You know, I, I'm sure we did not touch on everything that's on your mind, but we're here for you. So if you need anything specifically, you're always welcome to email or call me or anyone who's been, who's been on um, the platform. But my email address is kcarson at ncbaptist.org. Shoot me an email. Tell me what, you know, what you're doing in your church for marketing and communications and how can we serve you? What do you need? All right. We're always here to help. We always want to serve you in any way we can. So, all right, let's transition into a time of question and answer. I hope you guys had a chance to write some things down. Um, my guys, if they need to, is David in here? Good. Okay, so our videographer is here. If we need any video questions, I wouldn't be able to answer some of those. Um, but who has a question that we can maybe talk through on marketing and communications? Anybody? I have something I might share. Please. Just in contact with this organization. Every church, I think, in North Carolina should definitely take advantage of it. It's called SaturateUSA.org. SaturateUSA.org. 
Org, and the founder of it is Phil Kahn, C-O-H-N, and what they are doing is sharing the gospel through a redigitized, mastered uh, Jesus film, the one that's been the most highly produced movie ever in human history mm -hmm. has been reproduced, and uh, then the four spiritual laws, along with Growing in Christ series, has been put together in a booklet, and they are giving uh, every church that claims their zip code pallets of the door hangers with the movie and the four spiritual law booklet, along with that discipleship tool for free. Mm. So they are literally giving tens of millions of dollars away for free. Mm. I can't exaggerate that enough. Mm. I'm gonna to try to get together with the with Todd today to let him know about it. Uh, I've already claimed five zip codes. <laughs> and they literally will send your church a pallet with these things already packed in it. Wow. And then you go and prayer walk your area along with your own piece of information from your church, inviting them to your church. But the goal and vision is that every single home in North Carolina will receive one of these packets. Marty uh, Dupree, several years back, did this, and two of the three million homes at the time received the former Jesus film, but this is a brand new, redigitized uh, copy of mm. Jesus. I'm not trying to take up too much time, but I am promoting this as a local church pastor. I'm blown out of the water. Mm. And um, Marty Dupree, with Little River Baptist Association, the DOM, he's all over it. Uh, David Burton later today, and I look forward to talking to Todd and sharing it with him, because it's not often that tens of millions of dollars literally are being put mm -hmm. into this project. Mm -hmm. And it, check out the website, mm -hmm. saturateusa.org. Thank you, thank you for sharing. Uh, church calendars, uh, we printed the one with the same 1990s clip art every month for our <laughs> um, But I'm working on getting our church calendar put on our website and having a subscribable version. But is there, do you know of any way to do it without having to create a iCloud one and a Google one for them to subscribe? That's a great question. I personally, when we use Google Calendar to subscribe, like you just said, I know um, it's easy to print for those who maybe don't have Google. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know about the, I don't know about the integration of those two. Anybody on the team have an answer for that? Calendar? Anybody in the room? You can subscribe to a Google Calendar on your iPhone, so you can probably create one and work on it. Most everybody knows that uses Macs, but we use Google Suite, and so it, it syncs and integrates however you want. Okay, that's good to know. Somebody, okay, oh, okay, good. We just converted from Google Calendar to a planning center, like paying fourteen dollars a month and using the church center app so everybody can see the resources and rooms that are reserved to. Okay, so planning center, planning center. Um, so that's, it uh, sounds like an app as well, and that's, yeah. And desktop. And desktop, okay. I don't know how to integrate it on the website yet. That's the working program. Okay. So that's a really, those kinds of tools are really good one, one way to get your congregation to communicate together uh, digitally. So uh, there's several more, but, but planning centers are a really good one. 
Um, some, yes, sir. Does uh, having a church app, an app from your church, people on their phones, is that a productive and effective tool to be able to communicate? Who has a church app? Okay, let these ladies answer that question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, we have an app through Subsplash. It's really user-friendly mm -hmm. um, to create. And um, the hardest part is getting in the app store and all the yeah. Apple rent tape. Yeah. But I haven't figured out how to balance planning center and Subsplash. I was going to ask that, yeah. yeah. We use Subsplash also at the convention. Do you find subsplash can be a little bit almost like you're kind of trying to fit a round peg into a square? Yeah. So it's a templated thing, right? And so you have to kind of work within their templating. And so sometimes it can be a challenge mentally to go, hmm, how am I going to take this piece of content and make it work here? So I wanted to speak yeah. to that. So my church tried to have an app, and we were not consistent in posting information in it. So it did not do well because we weren't consistent. But we were consistent on our Facebook page. So we found that Facebook was a much better way to communicate with our particular audience because we could be consistent there. So I think consistency is key. That's good. There's one called Tithely, Tithely.com. Tithely? And uh, that's who we do ours through, but it's very inactive other than the giving. On the online giving? Yeah, yeah I've heard the online giving is pretty good. Tithely. It's just concerning the app. So I'm, I'm a youth pastor. We had a, an app for the youth because we moved to home groups. It was easy to coordinate locations and different things on the app versus social media. It became so successful, Subsplash actually called us. Nice. Our church decided to have their own app, and they were wildly <laughs> unsuccessful. And so the reason I kept trying to point them oh, to is, yeah. is we gave people a reason to go. We didn't do signups anywhere but the app. We, we made it mandatory. You mm -hmm. paid on the app. You were forced to go there. Mm -hmm. We even took ro our Sunday school roles, our homes, everything on the app, so it, it constantly forced people to go in to do those weekly tasks. And the only reason we got rid of it was because we updated our website that then took care of everything we needed to do and we didn't want to spend the money. Yeah. So. He makes a really good point about not really giving them any other choice and pushing people to one form of communication. You know, sometimes, I mean, you have to decide <coughs> what your what, what's working with your audience. I, I can't do that for you, but sometimes you just need to take inventory of would it be simpler for us to take a tactic where we push people to one way of communicating? I don't know the answer for your church, um, but it's something to wrestle with. Subsplash. Yeah, so like it was. Said, it's a template. Yeah. And, you know, you use Canva, it's wonderful. Create designs to go on it. Yeah. And then if you, we didn't do it, but if you want to pay more, you can get out of the template mode. We didn't, yeah, we didn't either. So you can, can you make that personable? I mean, mm -hmm. would it be Subsplash app or would it be? No, you personalize it specifically for your church. I mean, they have like a little logo at the bottom. If you go to our NC Baptist app, um, download our NC Baptist app if you haven't already, just for a quick plug. Um, but you'll see that it is, it, it, Subsplash is at the very bottom, like a little logo. But yeah, it's, it's very subtle. Two comments. Uh, our greatest person to help us with our communication is our newest member. I found this out last week. Uh, I was visiting with one of our new members in my church office, and uh, he went through the calendar. He brought the calendar with him, and uh, it was very eye-opening because he had highlighted everything he didn't understand mm -hmm. on the calendar, and a lot of things he would have showed up for that he would have not been designed for him. Mm -hmm. uh, 
like he said, what's this SS mean? Yeah. And it was a Sunday school class that met on Tuesday morning for women. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Bible journal. And he said, that sounds like something I'd be interested in. <laughs> but it's a women's Bible journaling uh, class on Saturdays once a month. But he had uh, basically the whole calendar was highlighted. Mm, mm. And I thought, man, this is so helpful. Mm. I said, thank you so much for sharing sharing this so any suggestions on how to correct that other than given I shared with our staff team about that and said maybe we need to have like a descriptive key or something mm. uh, to go with our calendar to explain some of that but you talk about brevity yes and so yeah then how do you balance that really really good point of feedback here if you didn't hear him so new mem a new visitor member comes on and they're like they have the calendar and they're like I don't know what any of this stuff means so I want to be involved yeah. couple of rules acronyms I mean I think it's like a thing Baptists just love <laughs> um, but acronyms are not the best way to communicate to new people so try to reduce your acronyms like SS he said meant Sunday school no, this gentleman did not realize that um, acronyms keep those and then the other thing we have learned and I think this has been a journey for us I'll say this as nicely as I can we love to be cute with our themes right but if the theme does not serve you to communicate what the thing is which is kind of what she was getting at with consistency and clarity it's not serving you well and so if there's on this calendar an item that says I don't know some cute little phrase this gentleman would have no idea what that meant. So we have gotten to the place where we're trying to just say what it is. <laughs> it's like, what is this thing? Say what it is and say it as quickly as you can. Don't be insider. One of the most powerful communication tools hasn't been mentioned yet. And some of you are gonna cringe when I say it, but it's the photo directory. Okay. Okay. Now, my church has not had a photo directory for over 10 years. And it really frustrates me. I've made two photo directories on my computer, and they work. Mm -hmm. But they don't win awards. But we're not trying to win awards. We're trying to communicate. But you know what happens once you start a photo directory that snowballs, and it becomes you know high resolution photography and settings. <laughs> Look out! Right? <laughs> no, you do it. You do it yourself. And I use only headshots, which, which pleases people, because now your body is not on the directory, right? And I alphabetize it by first name. Why? Because in church, that's all people know is first names. And I, you can't look up anybody because you only know their first name. And how embarrassing it is, you've been in a, a fellowship for three or four years, and you still don't know people's names, right? But you can do these yourself if you stick to the basics. But um, why does my church not have one? I mean, the, and it, they, do, they do snowball, right? They can get out of control, mm -hmm. and then they're obsolete. How fast? A year, and they're obsolete. But if you did it yourself on your own computer, you just swap out and I don't put marrieds together. I separate marrieds so that people can find people. <coughs> and then I'll put an asterisk there if you want to put your spouse's name next to yours. But it just makes it easier if you stick to those basic rules. Because if you're going to do it yourself, it's a chore. Mm -hmm. And uh, But 
you know, don't we need them? If it's working for you, did you did you want to speak to that? The planning center does it and it's free. The planning center does and it and it's, it's free. It's so good. It's on the app. It, you can do it by households and they're in charge of their the own home center? files. What yeah. is that? It's the software, the software app. Yeah. Yeah. And they give people permission to like um, see, view their profiles and that's how we're converting to membership. Okay. Follow up. You can have workbook flows about how you follow up with new members. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Our church moved to Breeze. Breeze. For church management. Okay. And it's an online directory. It allows us to integrate our own. Yes. And it is a calendar yes. on there, and it allows us to have automatic follow-ups so mm -hmm. to it. So it sends out an email automatically to everybody on their birthday and for first-time visitors. If we capture the information, put it in, and we can do um, uh, we can do attendance and check it and do that too. Awesome. It's all in, and it's a flat fee, so it, okay. it doesn't scale with the size, so it makes it really easy as you grow. We're not getting the trees. Yeah. So I don't know if you heard him, but Breeze is another planning so, uh, source for your church. And he was saying it does all the stuff we've discussed, basically. So email, registration, app. Also, um, if a church doesn't want to pay for Hootsuite, Facebook business, scheduling, yeah, Instagram and Facebook with it. Yeah, so free on Facebook, you can do scheduling for both Facebook and Instagram because Facebook owns Instagram. So it allows you to do a scheduler through that for free if you don't want to do Hootsuite. Uh, and there's like several other management. I can't remember off the top of my head, but. Any other questions, any other comments? Yes. On uh, regarding weekly updates, yes. we send out an email update every week. We leave the same <coughs> information running for several weeks in a row. How long should information stay on there? If it's just an ongoing thing, what's a good amount of time to leave it there? Um, so her question is, they do a weekly update, and, and it's an email, and she's asking, there's ongoing things always, how long should they stay on this email? I mean, I think that's a question that you guys have to wrestle through probably as well. Does anyone have an answer for that that they'd like to share? I have some thoughts, but is the, le yeah, you go. We, we block off at the bottom, this is ongoing information, this is new information. That way, if somebody wants information about ongoing programs, they've got it. But we're expecting to only read the, the finger. Yes, <laughs> Matt, Matt's got Matt's got it. That's that's what I was going to say. I mean, the layout of your email also is a um, hierarchy thing, which is what she was saying. What is the priority thing? So the hierarchy. Here's the newest things at the top, and then maybe you have a module or a square at the bottom of your email that's always ongoing things. Good, good, good questions. Kind of a follow up on that have been talking about forever day is a finger link is it better to send out more emails with less information in each one than to send out one that's got 15 different blocks yeah so here's how we handle that we try to limit our mass emails to um well I would suggest no more than one a week. <laughs> that's not the perfect solution for us at the state convention level but for a church um what we do is we link to a web page. And so we wouldn't put all the information there, but it would say, you know, a little teaser of information. And then for more information, you link to a web page. That has served us well. Now, someone else might want to speak into that. It we, seems to have served we, us well. We, we've done that, but we also, um, we send out one email a week 
and it's sometimes it can be lengthy, but the very, very first box we say, here are the four things with like five words on each one. Here's the four things in this email because it doesn't pertain to everybody, but they want to see what, you know, the pastor's note, they can go down there and read that. If they want to see upcoming missions rally, they can go down and read that. And in that way, they're not trying to figure out what's in the email. It's like a table of contents almost. Yeah, a table of contents, a synopsis of what they can expect to read in the full length. I would definitely say you have to limit the amount of emails that you send out. Uh, this was something that we had to work through when COVID started because everybody wanted to communicate via email. And what we found was our open rate dropped significantly because no one cared. At that point, I've gotten four emails from the church in the last two days. And I, I'm just assuming at this point, whatever you're telling me isn't important. Because it's, it's just too much stuff. Now, granted, what we found, the reason that was happening, which we had addressed, was because everybody was sending out their own emails rather than we had a concise, yes. unified communication strategy. Yeah. So, you know, student ministry sends one, children's ministry sends one, my life group sends one, the church sends one. Oh, and by the way, there's this other thing that just happened this week. Yeah. So I need to send this one out. Yeah. And so now I've got to get five emails if I'm an active church member. Yeah. And I opened one of them. Yeah. If you find yourself in this scenario, we, we can go further with some training in that scenario. That is definitely something that we see often. Um, and I will, this is a, we'll kind of end on an encouraging word here. You're probably experiencing the same thing we're experiencing. COVID has caused website rates and email and everything like to slowly start to climb. People are just like over digitized right now, right? Hopefully we're kind of getting out of a little bit of that, but we're wrestling through how do we reshape some of our digital media to kind of get those numbers back up again. Did you have something you wanted to? Yeah. Yeah. A communication strategy, it is, and a communication strategy is really key. Like, how's everything being filtered through? And then, what are those items that we're all using to clearly?